I want to um, ask you to please um, welcome um, members of my family who are here, my mother, my brother Chris, and my niece Chelsea, my nephew CJ, and my niece Emily. My mom likes being the grandmother of Bodie. My other siblings all had kids. I had a community. Oh, so this is one of my favorite days to speak on. It truly is. Um, because I love the, um, the, the mystical message that is inherent in the story of the crucifixion and the resurrection. Um, this spiritual teaching that exists, that it exists within it for all of us. As I was praying this morning, and I was just contemplating and saying good morning to my brother Jesus, and I just had that thought of, um, wow, there's just millions upon millions of people talking about you today. <laughs> and in our little corner of the world called Bodhi, we're going to do it a little differently than a lot of them do. No right or wrong way to do it. But our particular approach to the story um, is different in a couple ways. It might be new for you. The first being that we consider um, Jesus to be an avatar, an enlightened being that came here to the planet. Avatars and enlightened beings come to the planet to lift the consciousness so that we ourselves can start awakening. We can speed up our remembering of who we are um, in, in this uh, three-dimensional reality. And so Jesus is one of these avatars that came here um, who brought two things to the world, love and forgiveness. Brought a consciousness of oneness. He knew who he was. He knew his eternal life. He was unwavering in this truth. He was a master teacher. He was a way shower in the way that all those who are interested and available to follow could follow his way and they themselves could awaken. The consciousness of the Christ that existed at the time when he walked on the planet is the exact same consciousness that's available to us today. What we believe is that the Christ consciousness itself exists within each one of us. In fact, that was the very message. This and greater things shall you do. I'm just here to tell you a little story about yourself. He says, you're magnificent, by the way. Now, the people could not hear it. The people could not begin to comprehend that they themselves were as magnificent as this master teacher. So they did what all people do. They projected all of their holiness onto him. They said, not me, you are the amazing one. You are the one that has the access. You are the one that, that, that uh, knows the way and the how. Now he did know the way and the how, but he also was trying to point back, no, you have it too. And they went, no, you are the one. And he said, no, you are the one. And this is where he landed. But he's okay with that. He's okay with that because there's something very important that he knew, I believe, deeply in my soul. And it will transform your life if you will embrace this idea. He knew he could not die. It's an important piece of the story that many people leave out. You see, if you know you can't die, then there's no problem being put on the cross to die. It's kind of like the jokes on you people. <laughs> But he went through the experience of it, I believe, as a master teacher. To say, hey, 
Take my body if this is what you want to do. There's nothing that you can do. He surrendered to the process of moving through a crucifixion into the resurrection, into his cosmic light being, an eternal life. The crucifixion is an important part for all of us because metaphysically it represents crossing out anything and everything that is unlike your holiness. Now, if you don't mind me telling you, you got a lot of that. So there's some crossing out that needs to occur for you to awaken. And you see, one of the, the, the things that needs to be crossed out that we don't understand is the belief that we are somehow to be different then who we are, then I will experience my holiness. When I am somehow like that person, when I am somehow thinner, smarter, richer, whatever story you make up about yourself, anything other than who you are, you can't fathom the idea that in this very moment, you are enough to awaken. And what you awaken, what you awaken to, and you discover it is yourself. There is this, oh my God, moment. You thought you were going to be someone else, but what happens is all of this stuff just sloughs off of you. The silliness, the lies, the stories you made up about yourself, all of it just melts away. And what remains is you. And you're magnificent. And when you touch that, when you awaken to that, when you allow all things unlike it to be crucified, when you allow that to dissolve and you awaken to the magnificence that a master teacher like Jesus taught us about, when you touch a drop of that, you will be amazed. You will be amazed. A drop of the brilliance of who you are is enough to dissolve all of your story, to make all of the suffering disappear, to make all of the pain go. A drop of your magnificence. Now, you're a lot more than a drop. You're a lot more than that. But just a mere touch of who you are. This is what a teacher like this comes to talk about. An avatar comes to the planet to keep this message alive. And there's a very, very special time right now. I keep talking about this. The consciousness is expanding here. 2012. The date is today where this arising, where this resurrection into the magnificence of who you are is more possible than ever before. It is absolutely more possible. I'm going to move you to another story, however. I'm going to take you all the way back to the time of the Passover which we're also celebrating here, the Jewish Passover, the holiday. And it is the story of where the Israelites are in captivity by the Egyptians. And they have been in captivity for a long time. So long that generations of them didn't even know that they weren't slaves. Born a slave, look at slaves, I'm a slave. That's how it goes. You have a little thought inside yourself, maybe I'm not a slave, but there's enough proof all around you from inception to where you are to go, well, I must be, because I'm an Israelite, and this is what everybody is. So the whole people became immersed, and they fell asleep to the truth of their being. They forgot that they were magnificent. Can you relate? They forgot that they were holy. And they allowed other people, they allowed the government, they allowed the society to tell them they were less than. 
They allowed themselves to become lowly people, forgetting who they are. They fell asleep. They forgot. So along comes this guy Moses, and he gets told to go tell Pharaoh to set his people free. There's a story I'm not going to go into. Moses is afraid to go. He can't talk. He says, send my brother. God says, no, you're going. So Moses goes to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's like, are you kidding me? Now, come on, think about it. If you're Pharaoh, if you're the head of a billion-dollar corporation, multi-billion-dollar corporation that's making money off of the people, and someone says, hey, would you mind stopping what you're doing so that these people could be free? He might have to pause and think about it. He said what you might have said, actually. He said, no. <laughs> no, because I built my life dependent upon these people. I, you see, when the people, the lowly ones, get used to their way of being, the people that are keeping them down also become trapped. And so everyone's locked and positioned against each other. So Moses comes in. Well, the plagues come, and there's a lot of story. I'm going to bypass the important part that I want to get to. <laughs> I got two stories. I'm working together here. Pass over crucifixion. I got to move fast. <laughs> so the plagues get worse. Every single time Pharaoh says no, the plagues get worse. Doesn't that happen in your life? Every time a truth inside you says, you know, you should really put down that popcorn. You should really stop spending time on, you really should take, spend some time on yourself. To practice, to meditate, to pray. And you keep saying no, what happens? Your life keeps getting worse. It's not that, that anybody's punishing you, it's the law that works in your favor ultimately. If you will surrender and follow immediately, you will be saved of the suffering. Well, Pharaoh didn't surrender. He didn't let his guard down, and he didn't want to let all the people free. So it became harder and harder and harder and harder. Until the Passover day, and this is where it is said that the firstborn, the firstborn child in all the households will be killed. And the way that the Jewish children will be saved is that they will put the blood of the lamb on the door, which means that the whatever the killer is, is going to pass over their house. So the, the, the firstborn of the Jewish families will be saved. Now you see, you need to understand, you know, some of your minds go through, well, what about the other babies? They're innocent. Not the point of the story. Because <laughs> we're not talking about people necessarily. We're talking about a mystical experience. Let's go inward with this message. You've got these parts of you that are good and true and holy and wonderful. And you've got all these other parts that are just afraid and that are, that are built out of lies and are built out of suffering. Those are the parts that need to be wiped out. So don't think of it as people. Think of it as ideas, as ways of being, as beliefs about yourself. So something's going to swoop in and wipe all of those out. And what's going to remain is your holiness. All of the firstborns of the Jewish family represented the parts of us that are good and true and holy and wonderful. Those remain. Those are, remain alive. And we go through those times in our lives. That's, those are our crucifixions. Have you ever had a crucifixion where your life is going along and it's like a tsunami just comes in and wipes everything out? 
and the things in your life that, that were untrue or the house of cards or that which is built on sand, those things come tumbling down. And you have this moment of, oh my God, I don't know who I am. It's all over. This is so bad. And then you have this moment, but I'm here. But I'm still here. There's something still alive. That's what rises up and begins rebuilding. That's where the rebirth comes in. That's what becomes resurrected. You get to begin again with the wholeness, the truth of your being. That's what occurs. That's the story of the Passover. That which is good and true finally becomes free from captivity. They have risen up out of the story of slavery, of fear, of being stuck, of being trapped. They, they finally become free. Moses gets to the sea. The sea parts. They move across. It's a happy day. They didn't call it Easter, but it's the same thing. The same idea. They came out of bondage. They allowed all of the captivity, all of that stuff to be crucified, crossed out. So that they could become free and begin again. That's the message of the crucifixion. That's the message that Jesus, our divine brother, and a sacred man, brought to the world. Now his message was very unique because it's an important one for us. And the, and the key point that I want to focus on today is the idea of death itself. The idea of death itself. And this is trippy, people, because we still believe in death. You believe you're going to die. Our society is built around it. Our, the way we talk about it, when I die, when this occurs. We have this idea that something's going to end. We have this idea that something is going to be over. And so that causes this fear in us. And the, the negativity of, that comes out of our fear of death is our fear to live. That's what gets stunted. You become afraid to live. You become afraid to risk. You become afraid to step into the now moment where all good prevails because you're afraid you're going to die. Who would you be? Think about it. Take a breath. Who would you be if you knew there's no way you could die? The Groundhog Day movie is brilliant. <laughs> Isn't it? It is brilliant. If you've not seen Bill Murray... In Groundhog Day, go, that's your Easter movie tonight. <laughs> it is brilliant. Because he discovers that he can't die. It's not possible for him to die. And suddenly, he is alive like he's never been before. He's happy. He's free. That, I believe, is one of the most profound messages we can take out of this story of Jesus' resurrection. And if you will personalize it, if you will get in touch with your belief that you could die, and if you are willing to put that up on the cross today, if you are just willing to say, I am willing to imagine that I cannot die, Put that on the cross, cross that belief out. You will go against the entire wave of society. So keep it to yourself for a minute. Because people think you're crazy. Don't go talking about it. And don't tell them I told you either. So I don't need more emails. I don't get a lot of emails. I just make that up because it's fun. If you can contemplate today... The idea of who you are as eternal life. You are eternal life. 
what would be possible for you? Who would you be? How would you be different in the world? What would you be doing today that you wouldn't be doing? What would you be doing tomorrow that you wouldn't do if you still believed you could die? How would it be different? This is worthy. This, this must be contemplated. This must be personalized. You have to take some time within yourself to contemplate, to be prayerful about the idea, who would I be if this were true? What would be different? What dreams would reawaken and rebirth? What desires of your heart would rise up and say, I'm ready to be resurrected. Pick me. What anything is possible inside of you that sits a little on the outside because you might die. It's greater than you've imagined. It's deeper than you've known. And the same way that the Israelites spent generations so that by the time that the sixth, seventh, whatever generation is born, all they're born into is a dream of slavery You have been born into a dream of death. You have been born into it centuries upon centuries upon centuries. Of course it makes sense. The people stop breathing, the body drops, and they're not moving. It doesn't look good. I understand that. I understand. But if you will imagine that to be like a pair of clothes... When you take your clothes off at night and you plop it on the ground and you leave it, you don't go, oh my God, it's not moving. (laughs) Neither does your spirit that pops out of the body. It doesn't go, oh my God, it's not moving. It goes, oh my God, I thought I was that. It is amazed that this magnificent, huge, powerful spirit that you are thought it was that tiny little silly body. It's a sacred body, I understand it, but you get where I'm going. You get where I'm going. We believe that that's who we are. And you've been born into that dream. And today, I want that dream to end. I want us to walk out of here somehow different profoundly different inside of our being. Because if you can make a decision, like this, I mean, we're like deep inside the core of belief systems, people. I'm taking you way down into your subconscious mind when I'm talking about it. I'm not talking about conscious thinking. I'm way deep in the subconscious mind. But if we can get that deep and we can turn that thing loose and you can set that, if we can set that free at the deep level of our being, oh my God, the ripples of goodness that will come from that one idea being uprooted. I'm passionate about this, by the way. (laughs) I think it's important. Go ahead, clap. I gotta figure out what I want. So how? How is the question? Well, in the seventh word or statement that Jesus makes, he simply says, Into thy hands I commit my spirit. The living word is surrender. We are being called today to surrender. You yourself cannot begin to figure out how to go into the depths of your subconscious mind and uproot a false belief. Good luck. Not possible. Maybe for one or two on the planet. But for all of us, it's too big of a task. 
But here's the good news. We don't have to do it ourselves. We can call upon the higher consciousness of magnificence that we are. We call upon that. We surrender the false beliefs. We give up the game. We give up the ghost. We simply say, I'm willing to let this idea go. And in that moment, your willingness, the power of your word, your ability to call forth a surrender is what begins the movement. And then the resurrection begins. A yes. All you need is a yes to your magnificence. A yes to I am greater than this circumstance. The God within me is more powerful than these bills, than this health challenge, than these fears that keep me stuck. The God within me is so magnificent and I say yes to that. I surrender the old story. I say yes to this magnificent life and it will start churning inside of you of its own nature. It's like yes is like just clicking the light switch on. That's all you do. And it will start shifting. Well, that's all you do to begin. Come back next week and I'll tell you how you stay there. <laughs> it is our yes. It's our willingness to surrender. It is the final word that Jesus speaks. Because it is the final release that takes place to move us out of the old consciousness of death and fear. And into the new consciousness of eternal life. This is not eternal life for him. He didn't go do it to, to, to make us feel guilty or, or, or sinful or bad. He did it because he's one with us. And he did it because he wanted to say, look, if this is what I got to do to prove that you're alive, let's do it. Let's do it. So now it's your opportunity. I'm not kidding about that. It's your opportunity. To say it's my turn to resurrect, to rise up. The world needs your magnificence. Take a breath. The world needs you to be magnificent. I got some good news and some bad news. The world probably does need another savior. It's in bad shape. Good or bad news, your choice, it's you. You're one of the saviors here. Because you're here. Because you're capable. Because you're magnificent. Because you're willing to wake up. I'm not saying you're responsible for the entire world. But you don't get how magnificent the world would be if you woke up. If you just decided to surrender the lie. The dream of death is over. You are alive now. And you are here to do something. Thing, brilliant to be a light. And all you do is say yes. Yes? Yes. And so it is. Yes.